Blog Talk Radio. Hello, Nats Town. Welcome to Nats Nightly, sponsored by FederalBaseball.com. This is Patrick Reddington from Federal Baseball. I've got Matt Wayrick on the line, too. After the Nationals break everyone's hearts after exciting the whole nation's capital with a late comeback. We'll start there. Down 3 nothing in the ninth, Matt. Adam Lind gets a double. Jason Worth walks with two out. Uh, uh, Steven Drew chases a no-two pitch for the second out of the inning there. Ryan Zimmerman comes up as a pinch hitter, gets up 2-0, and gets a changeup from John Mar Gomez and just absolutely crushes it. Zim three-run home run to tie the game up there. After a day full of really no offense from the Nationals, Zim comes off the bench and hits that huge one. It looks for a moment there like the Nationals might get back in this. We'll get to the blown uh blown lead in the ninth but starting there with ryan zimmerman just coming off the bench and crushing that one it got the match fan base excited for a few minutes at least there yeah it was reminiscent of that daniel murphy pinch hit home run last season against the pirates um it was overall i mean Jimar gomez has had a up and down past year i mean I, you don't look at him as a lockdown closer i know even the phillies don't uh management's been up and down about him but so I thought there was a little bit of hope, and with how hot Zimmerman's been, I mean, you can pray for a miracle. But when he came in and hit that home run, I couldn't believe it. I mean, after the Nats had five hits all afternoon, really weren't getting anything going. That was good to see out of Zimmerman. It was good to see out of the Nats offense, at least putting some runs up on the board. I mean, this is a Phillies pitching staff that isn't exactly reputable. But, um, yeah, that blown save really from Cody Glover's uh, miscue there in the ninth really just kind of put a damper on things. Yeah, I'd call that a blown save, too. I guess a blown lead, but better. But uh, just a note from ESPN's stats and info there, Ryan Zimmerman, 13th career game-tying or go-ahead home run in the ninth inning or later, two more than any other player in Nationals franchise history. But unfortunately for the Nationals, Coda Glover struggled on the mound, came on in the bottom of the ninth inning, 3-3 game at that point after Zimmerman's blast, issued a leadoff walk, which I've been told <laughs> over the years that, uh, rarely come around to score, which is an ongoing joke at federal baseball that has basically no truth to it. But leadoff walks Daniel Nava. He gets it out from uh, Andrew Knapp, who flies out to left. But Freddie Galvis singles the right field, moves Nava around to third. Glover gets a pop-up from uh, Brock Stassi to second base. Looks like he might get out of the trouble there. But Cesar Hernandez just drops a soft fly ball into short left, falls in front of Jason Worth, brings home the winning run there. The Phillies walk off. Uh, Glover just behind it, the whole inning, basically behind every batter, kept on falling behind. I think he threw six straight balls to start the inning. Looked like he was 2-0 against just about everyone. But I don't know. There's something going on with his finger, too. It looked like he was playing around with his hand a lot out there. But looked like he was about to get out of it and then just gives up a weak fly to left that wins it for the Phillies. Yeah, I think, honestly, the biggest mistake there was having Glover in the first place. I mean, I, I know Dusty manages to the save. That's just kind of his style. He's an old-school uh, manager. But I wish they'd take a bit of a Terry Francona page out of his playbook, at least, and maybe throw Trinan in there. I mean, if he's your closer, then he's going to be your best pitcher that you've got in the pen. I know it's not a safe situation, but it might as well be bottom of the ninth high game. You want your best pitcher on the mound, and it, it should have been Trinan, in my opinion, even though Glover certainly was a good candidate for that closer job in the spring. Uh, Trinan really – uh, I mean, he, he won the job, and I think you should put him in the position where you need him most, and clearly that was it, given that what uh, Glover gave up. 
Uh, there's some talk from uh, Mike Maddox in particular this winter about using pitchers and, you know, not necessarily in roles, but in the best situation, the high leverage situation, you put your best pitchers out there and uh, it seems to have fallen back into a roles thing with the nationals here. Uh, Coda Glover is just, wasn't sharp out there. Uh, I thought about getting him out of there at some point when he struggled, when he got that second out, of course, you kind of stick with him for Hernandez there, but uh, a weak hit wins it for the Phillies. They take two or three from the Nationals. I, I don't think anyone was expecting that going into this series. The Nationals were seven and one in their last eight games, or maybe uh, seven and one or eight and one after the first one. I'm just looking at my notes here, but uh, Phillies taking two of three, a little bit of surprise for the Nationals. Last night's blowout seemed to be just an aberration, but uh, they come in and take two of three in their first home stand, send the Nationals home. Uh, <laughs> three and three after dropping two in Philadelphia, which we haven't seen them do in a long time. I think they said back to 2015. Yeah. I mean, this is the offense that scored the fewest runs in baseball last year. No one's really expecting, I mean, the Phillies to hang around. This is not a team that's even really expected to hang around in the NL East at all this season. So the fact that the Nats really couldn't get anything going both offensively and then their bullpen struggling as much as they did over the course of the series, it's, it's definitely a cause for concern. I mean, this team isn't exactly supposed to be a threat. So seeing them struggle against them, I mean, the Cardinals are definitely going to be a test. Going back to the start of the game, Steven Strasburg gave up two runs on six hits in seven innings and 85 pitch start on opening day. Coming into this one, he was 2-0, 1-2-2 ERA, 168, 2-10, 2-29 line against and 37 innings pitched in Citizens Bank in his career. Uh, the Phillies made him work in a 32-pitch second, two walks, a two-out RBI single by Freddie Galvis, who continues to haunt the Nationals. Uh, Dusty Baker talked about him last time, about rethinking how they approach him and how much he probably likes seeing the Nationals come into the park. Uh, a leadoff double in the fifth, two-out infield single, an RBI double makes it 3 nothing Phillies at that point. 95 pitches after six, they send him back out for the seventh, a 10-pitch inning. Uh, solid outing for Strasburg, but no support. He has a ridiculous, like... <laughs> I think it's like 78 or 75 and one record when they give him three runs of support when he's out of air on the mound, but nothing for Strasburg today. He put together a decent start, but just didn't get any run support from the nationals. No, he lucked out with Ryan Zerman hitting that home run. So he didn't get the loss, but I mean, seven innings, three runs, It's not Strasburg asked necessarily, but it's certainly one you'll take. I was kind of surprised they brought him out for the seventh inning. But then again, when you think about it, Dusty really didn't really did push him last year as opposed to, how Matt Williams and Davey Johnson would handle him in years past. So he was at 95 pitches heading into that seventh inning, came out, struck out. I think he only needed 10 pitches to get through the frame. So 8Ks, three walks. He was a little wild there, only had 69 strikes. But um, overall, some pretty good stuff from him. Solis, um, he's actually one of my favorite relievers in the bullpen. He had that clean inning. I think he uh, struggled there a little bit early on, but was able to settle down, get three straight ground outs. Like what I saw from him too. So, Overall, I don't think this is really the fault of the pitching, besides maybe Glover in the end. But um, the Nats had so many opportunities to score. Um, they struggled against a guy, Hellickson. I mean, he's not exactly a shutdown pitcher, but he allows one hit over five innings. You're kind of like shaking your head. This is a lineup with Bryce Harper, with Anthony Rendon, Adam Eaton, who really just couldn't get anything going at all. Yeah, a 509 ERA and four starts worth the Nats last season for Hellickson. Five scoreless on 70 pitches to start. He left the game with some sort of uh, finger issue in his right hand. They later said it was a forearm issue, but not a good sign there for him. But he, what did you see from him that was keeping the Nats off balance? He's really one of those just. 
I don't want to call him an average pitcher, but that's the numbers he's put up kind of speak to that in his career. Uh, he just kept the Nats off balance, really couldn't generate much of anything against him. The Nats in the past seem to struggle with uh, average pitchers, in my opinion, from what at least the eye test from what I've seen. So, I mean, it looked like the Nats weren't really um, – they were coming out with an aggressive approach. They were swinging a lot. Harper 0 for 4, Rendon 0 for 4. There were a lot of one-pitch outs um, that you don't really like to see because, uh, I mean, that first pitch may not be the best. So, um, overall, I think there were just a lot of guys chasing it, breaking balls in the dirt. There were a lot of – I think his uh, off-speed was on point today, um, and it was really working for him. Harper really struggled with that. He had a couple of uh, swing and strikeouts that you really just were kind of shaking your head at. So, overall, Murphy got that one hit to extend to a six-game hitting streak, but it seemed like Adam Lind was the only guy who had him figured out. It was bothering me, and I couldn't remember the actual number. I did look it up in the Nets pregame notes when provided with three or more runs of support in his career while he's in the game. Washington is 71-8, and eight, and Steven Strasburg starts, but they didn't give him any support today. He's a ridiculous number there, but nothing today for the Nationals, unfortunately, until Zimmerman came in late there. Uh, we talked about the bullpen having some issues so far announced during the game. Uh, I think John Heyman over at FanRag Sports was the first one with it to come out today. Uh, they re-signed uh, Joe Nathan. They brought up Matt Albers today. Uh, I don't think either of these guys are going to put any fear into opposing uh, hitters, but they need some help in the bullpen at this point, it looks like. Uh, do you think either of those guys are going to make much of an impact this season, or you think they're just extra arms there that can get them through a little bit of a rough time right now? Uh, I think they're just bringing in for extra arms. I mean, they've got – uh, that bulk of the back end of the bullpen, pretty solidified in Solis, Glover, Trinan, um, and Blanton, and Kelly, for that matter. Um, so it looks like they're kind of just bringing it in for support. I mean, you're, you're looking to see if any Romero pairs pans out right now. Oliver Perez can uh, provide any sort of value in the last uh, year of his contract. So these guys, Albert, Nate, Albers, Nathan, and all that, they're not really, I'd say, more of a depth option. I mean, you look past those guys and you've got A.J. Cole and Matt Grace, so it definitely pads your bullpen a little bit, but with the amount of work they've put in over the past couple games, they really needed that seven innings from Strasburg, and um, moving forward to a Cardinals lineup that has Dexter Fowler at the top and Matt Adams right in the middle, uh, there's, or sorry, Matt Carpenter, um, they definitely need the depth, and it's a smart move, but not one that I necessarily think is going to make much of an impact. Post-game uh, report today, Dusty Baker, according to Mark Zuckerman over at Masson, described Turner's hamstring today as so-so, said they'll reevaluate him tomorrow. And In Mark's opinion, he sounded less encouraged than last night. Uh, they can slot Eaton in there in the leadoff spot. I posted his numbers in the pregame notes. Uh, he's not a bad backup leadoff hitter option there, but mm-hmm. obviously the Nationals want Turner in there. A guy with a speed game like him, though, any sort of leg issues, hamstring is what's troubling him right now, but that's the sort of thing you really just have to let it heal for a while and make sure he's not going to go out there and re-injure it or make it worse. So Nationals might be without Turner for a little while here, but considering they have the 10-day DL at this this year for the first time and they haven't put him on it yet, uh, that's possibly a good sign. But what are you thinking about Turner here, and what do the Nationals have to do if they're going to miss him for a while? Would you rather see Drew out there on a regular basis, give Defoe a shot to play short, or what do you think the Nationals do going forward? Um. Well, as it looks right now, I mean, I like I don't mind eating at the uh, top of the lineup. I know there was a lot of talk that once they're at full strength that he'd be hitting farther down the order, but he's certainly made the case to be hitting up there right now with that 444 OVP. 
Um, I think they do give Defoe a little bit of a shot. I mean, Stephen Drew's definitely the vet and deserves the nod over it, but Defoe's been in their system for a while, and they're definitely high on him, the fact that they gave the spot over Michael A. Taylor. So I'd say why not try him out and see how he'll do in a small sample size. Um, Turner's definitely important to this lineup. I mean, that speed is unparalleled, and having him lead off is certainly something that you're going to miss. But he wasn't exactly hitting well uh, before he got hurt. Now, Anthony Rendon isn't hitting well either, hitting in that two spot, so maybe they shake things up tomorrow. But I think moving forward, Defoe gets a shot at least to prove himself a little bit, um, and they they move things around up at the top because Rendon isn't getting it done right now. And I mean, last year he hit in that t- number two spot for a while, struggled, and they swapped him with Worth, and then he did pretty well, hitting, I think, fifth or sixth. So maybe move him down a little bit, see if uh, maybe you split up the lefties and Harper and Murphy, work something in there. See if Dusty Baker switches things up at all. Luckily for the Nationals, they have everyone's favorite starter and American hero, Tanner Roark, on the mound. Gave up two runs on three hits in six innings, six Ks, retired 13 of the final 14. I'm just reading the MLB.com notes on his start at this point. But uh, 7.05 <laughs> start against the Cardinals, start of a three-game set with St. Louis in the nation's capital. Adam Wainwright on the mound tomorrow for the Cardinals in the first of three. That's dropped two or three in Philadelphia, fall to three and three overall on the year. Four three loss today, a little bit of a heartbreaker. We'll see if Coda Glover bounces back nicely from that one. But Nats dropped two or three, head home to face the Cardinals. This is Nats Nightly, sponsored by FederalBaseball.com. Thanks for joining us again, Matt. We'll talk to you later this week when the Nationals pick up with the cards. Yeah, sounds good. Thanks for having me on, Patrick. Let's go, Nats. See y'all. <laughs>